You're listening to Kickin' the Panties, your weekly motivational podcast for getting unstuck, recommitted, or newly engaged in a life worth living. Season 2. This one's about love. I'm Becca Kelly, mama extraordinaire and badass boss lady. And I'm Carol, dating coach with a brand new YouTube channel, Ask Carol and Ashley. Are you ready for a swift kick in the panties? Dear Panty Kickers, how do you survive life transitions? Babies, moves, new jobs, etc. Nancy. Life transitions. This is a good one because I think that a lot of people have trouble dealing with change. And that's basically what a transition is. It's just a big change in your life. So I have a few tips about how to deal with um, a general transition, just, you know, any kind of like changing a job or moving to a different city or, you know, having a kid, like something just in general. And Becca's going to hit up the relationship part later. And so my first tips about transitions, well, let's just, let's just talk about transitions for a little bit. So anytime there's a clear before and after, like when I moved in with Paul or any other ex I lived with, there was like a time before we moved in versus the time after. And there was a huge change between, you know, the person that I was then and then like the person who I had to be after the change. Um, So there's like a distinct moment where you can be like, okay, it was before this, you know, before we moved, there was a time in my life before we moved in and now it's after. So any big change can be difficult. And these are my three tips to get through it. Um, The first one is to acknowledge and accept that things are different. And I think a lot of times when we want, when we have a big change in our life, we want to act as if there was no change. We want to try to keep our old (laughs) habits and the old way we used to do things. And it makes change a whole lot harder. The more you hold on to a scenario that doesn't exist, the more potential for misery down the line. For instance, say you have a new job that starts at 7 a.m. and your last job started at 10. You might try to keep your old schedule, staying up till 1 or 2 in the morning and being able to go out with friends for drinks and stay out late. And if you think you will be able to keep your same schedule and your same lifestyle, you're definitely going to end up miserable and burnt out having to get up at 6 o'clock in the morning to be there at 7 when you used to be able to roll out of bed leisurely at 9. So when you refuse to change, it just like it's like you're in denial. It's kind of like how we were talking about a few episodes back about forgiveness and letting go of the past. Not necessarily that you need to forgive, but you need to let go of the idea that this change is not happening. you got to get right. on board with whatever the change in your life is. Um, and then my number two kind of piggybacks off my number one, and is that is don't refuse to change. Maybe you move to a new city like I did, and one change that I'm still learning to stop fighting is the fact that I have to make new friends, and I've been fighting this tooth and nail since you I've have. moved to Tampa. I know You're I need so to You're so lonely. I know, I really am. I'm laughing, (laughs) but I really am. Like, all I have is Paul, Court, the baby, and then, like, Paul's friends' wives, who are not really my friends. They're cool, but they're not my friends, and I'm just going to leave it at that. (laughs) Um, But I know I need friends. But if you're listening, you're super cool. Like, don't worry about that. You're really cool. You're just Well, you know what? I will say that Paul there is one of Paul's friends wa- wives that I really do like, but it's just like I don't know, it's hard. Uh so, like I said, I know I need new friends in Tampa, but I really hate 
that getting to know you phase of a friendship. And in the past, I've always made friends based on proximity. So it's like I worked with you or I went to school with you. And I didn't really have to try to make an effort to like build a friendship from scratch. And the idea of having to like make consecutive dates like once a month for years to be able to finally get to the point where I'm like, oh, yeah, that's my friend just sounds like a nightmare to me. So I've just... I've just been in denial about the fact that that's what I need to do. And the result is I have no fucking friends, people. So <laughs> don't fight your transitions. When you're making a transition and you realize that a change needs to be made, don't just curl up in a ball and say, fuck this. I'm just going to call my <laughs> friends in Philly. <laughs> okay. So, and then I think that this next piece is talking about um, how your relationship suffers during a transition. And so what we kind of thought about is like most of the time the transition is happening to one person. And so, you know, if you move together, you move your family, that's a transition that happens to everyone all at once. And so that's why moving is so hard. If you move four people and they're all going through their transition at the same time and there's no one that's not going through a transition, that can just be like a complete shit show. And in that case, all you can really do is wait for the dust to settle and then start putting the pieces together. But for the most part, it's usually one person going through a transition and the other person is there to be steady Betty to hold down the fort. And I think that the best thing that steady Betty can do is to allow their partner some space to figure out what's going on with them. So like the person themselves needs their own time to face what's going on. Like you said, to, you know, come to terms with it, to find some more, you know, new practices for dealing with the new situation they have. Um, and what the partner needs to do is just really try to be the calm stability, you know, stabilizing force in the partnership and in the life so that this other person who's kind of spinning out and trying to figure it out has somewhere to turn to that's not stressful. I think this can be really hard to do because if you're used to getting a certain amount of attention from your partner and then all of a sudden their attention is going towards something else or being, you know, um, diminished by just needing more internal time to deal with their own thing that's going on, you may feel rejected. You may feel a lack in your own life, but it's definitely not going to help the situation to then burden this person that's already dealing with a transition that may be difficult to add into the fact that you need more from them. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. It's like if, for instance, Paul has to deal with the fact that I don't have any friends. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. No, no. But in in like a serious note, Paul does had to deal with the fact that I was moving from a different city and I was like trying to find my bearings and we're still kind of dealing with it. And it's not, and he, you know, encourages me to go out and like be with friends and stuff like that. But he kind of is just like, letting me try to work out all the things that I need to do to try to be more settled. And he's kind of going through it too because he moved just a year before I did, but he definitely yeah. has more grounding things. Like he goes out to a, like a physical workplace every day and he sees, you know, coworkers and he has, he has more opportunities to make friends and have more roots in the community. But he definitely has to like deal with the fact sometimes that I don't have that. And so I haven't been able to find my roots 
as well as he has, but he doesn't just say like, well, stop bitching. Like, what are you doing? Like, he's not like yelling at me about it. He might No, but to his credit though, he (laughs) gave you several months where he said nothing about it. And then he started to try to push you some to find people, you know, he, he was, and that, that's the next thing I was going to say is that after you give space and time, if things are really um, not settling back in a way that is good with you, then you do have to bring it up to your partner and just say, Hey, here, this is how things were before. I know we're going through this transition. This is how things are now, but I'm really hoping this is where things will be later. Right. And I think that having like an open line of communication with your partner is the only way that you're going to really get through these types of transitions is to, you know, not like every day say like, what's going on with this? What's going on with this? What's going on with this? But to every once in a while, check in with it. And to, you know, if you can like establish, you know, timelines for how long things will be different. Um, you know, cause I think you said earlier to me, and I thought this was really smart. It's like, sometimes transitions are, we are changing something and then it'll be different after. And so we're like trying to figure out what this new thing is. And we both have to talk about it and get to a point where we're both comfortable. And then other times transitions are something's fucked up right now and we're waiting to get back to normal. And right. in both situations, really, really, really what you have to practice is two things, patience and faith. So you mm-hmm. have to have the patience to say, you know, and, and also I would say there's a third, arguably a third thing there, which is like, Common sense, like think about it, you know, yeah. <laughs> like obviously, you know, like your if your partner um, say they got a really bad bone fracture, they broke a leg and that put them out of work and it changes their physicality. Um, y- you have to think my partner is going through something that's going to be, you know, three, six, nine, 12 months of recovery. That's a mm-hmm. year that I'm going to be in the second seat playing the supportive role. And like, I can see my way through that time with them, you know, Right. but like, you can't expect that if you were supposed to go to Denver on a ski trip one month after this happens, (laughs) that you're going to go, okay, well, what, you're not better yet. Let's go, you know, like use common sense. But I think, you know, the patience to wait, um, and see your partner through the transition and then the faith to know that when you are out of it, that you will align yourselves back together and get back on the same page and become, you know, a supportive duo again is really you know, what, what you need to weather any storm. Yeah. And I think also one more thing is to focus on the positives of whatever the change or transition may be and not try to focus on the negatives as much because when you're just like wishing things were, when you find yourself just continually wishing things were the way that they used to be, that's when you're really going to be miserable. If you're just, if your mind is just going over, like for instance, the, uh, the accident like if your partner was in some sort of accident and is really hurt like instead of just being like why didn't that car stop when it was supposed to like what if he didn't pick up the kids that day he wouldn't have been in that position and like all these what ifs and whys and instead of like getting lost in like what could have happened or what should have happened or you know getting lost in why you don't want this change to be you have to focus on like okay well now he'll be home a little bit more often and we'll get time to kind of reconnect in a way that we weren't connecting when we were both working really full schedules or you know the kids will see him more often or the kids will learn a little more independence because they'll have to start helping out and chipping in in ways that they weren't before like you have to you have to find try to find that silver lining for sure yeah you have to find that silver lining um and ways to make that this transition a positive thing in your life instead of thinking about all the ways you wish it could be different Yeah, 
I agree. Okay. So that's that, Nancy. I hope that that helps. If you have um, more specifics that you want to hear about, write us back. We'd love to talk to you about that. And of course, you can DM us on um, Instagram at kicking the panties. You can use the write to us button at our website, kickingthepanties.com. Um, we love to hear from you guys. So if you have a question, you know, of course we do the Q and a every other week and we'd love to answer your question next. And I'm going to shame all of you out there that tell me every time I see a friend or I hear from a friend, they say, Oh, I know I'm supposed to write you a question. I've been listening to the podcast. I love the podcast. I have to write you a question. I just haven't got around to it. Bitches. This takes two, two minutes. Yeah. Get on Instagram. I know you're looking anyway. You're on there. I see you on there. Just think of a question you might have. Send it our way. We'd love to hear from you and we will definitely answer it. We see you liking them hoes pictures. That's right. We see you liking all those pictures. We We see that you're on Instagram two minutes ago. Yes, exactly. But we don't have a question in our inbox. Right. Rude. Pathetic. Rude. Uh, (laughs) All right. So for this week, this has been Carolyn and Becca saying there is something more and you are not out of time. Kicking the panties. Even if you're going through a transition.